This is the Premier League Preview Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Premier underscore podcast. Find us on Facebook under Premier League Preview Podcast or online at plpreview.com. Hello. You're very welcome to the Premier League Preview Podcast. It's match week 12. I'm Sean Fitzmaurice, joined by Mr. Owen Maloney. Howdy, howdy. We've moved our uh, podcast equipment to a new room, so I hope it doesn't affect the sound too much, but uh, if it does, ah well. What wh- can you do? What can you do? You still get our lovely voices. Exactly. Um, as always, you can get us at p- plpreview.com or on Twitter at Premier underscore podcast, or you can find us on Facebook at Premier League Preview Podcast. No. The now tongue, the tongue twister is out of the way the tongue twisters are out of the way it's a big week folks it's a big week and why is it a big week on because liverpool welcome man city and they're going to beat them oh god <laughs> oh god rain in the confidence there boy rain <laughs> it in no no that was just that was definitely a joke definitely a joke we're going to analyze this to the death and it, any decisions we make won't be through red tinted glasses for sure yeah. Um, first of all, just a little apology. We're recording this podcast a little bit late. It is Thursday evening. Normally we like to do it earlier in the week. But work commitments got in the way and we do this for the love of the game. So we just have to fit it in, or in around our schedules. So here we are on Thursday evening. Still plenty of time before the Premier League week match week 12 kicks off. So hopefully you get time to listen to it before the weekend. As I said, the big game of the week is... Of course, the top of the table clash between Manchester City and Liverpool. It's really the game that every neutral that watches the Premier League has been waiting for since probably the last week of August. And there's really so much riding on it now because of the position the two teams find themselves in at the moment. It's at Anfield, which we all know Liverpool haven't lost a game, a Premier League game in Anfield Anfield since April 2017 against Crystal Palace. The last team that Liverpool lost a Premier League game to was Manchester City in January. Liverpool have a six-point lead, which could be nine at the end of the weekend, or it could be three, or it could still be six. Yeah, it's, so, it means a lot. Usually, when you have first v second this early in the season, all that's at stake are maybe bragging rights and obviously the obvious three points at stake. But this one feels like it means more because like, can a lot of teams... Could, could any team really get, afford to give Liverpool nine points at the minute? It, that's that's what they're facing into. They'd be facing into hunting down a nine-point lead with, what, 27 games? I know it's, it sounds, it does sound doable, but when you look at, like, Liverpool's record last year, how many points they actually forfeited over the, the entire course of the season, it would be a very hard thing to do. So, yeah, yeah for City, it, uh, it, it, there is a, a massive a massive game for them. I think it's a much, much bigger for Man City than it is for Liverpool. The odds are stacked against them, but they've shown that they are, the, over the last five years, the best club in probably world football. Well, obviously, they, they haven't proved in the European stage, but they it, domestically, they have been unbelievable. Like They score 100 goals in a season to rack up the amount of points they've done to win the league with authority. They've been brilliant, so... They need, they're obviously, their reputation and kind of credentials are really at stake this Sunday. Yeah, I suppose just based on the form of very recent years and very recent seasons, um, Liverpool go into this game as the underdogs on paper, even though they are six points ahead and they've had a, they've started the season better. I don't think there's any team in the world at the moment that doesn't go into a game against Manchester City and not be the underdogs. 
Yeah, probably. Well, I would actually argue that this is maybe the first game this will hurl the new dawn because I would imagine Liverpool are chalked as favourites. Now, I haven't seen the bookmaking ads or anything like that. Then. Not that they mean much, but I would imagine more people would be expecting Liverpool to win this game than Man City. I think if there's ever a time to play Manchester City, it's right now. I mean, Ederson went off yesterday in the in their Champions League game. Now, I'm a little bit sceptical and I think that might have been a little bit of gamesmanship from Guardiola. Yeah. But they are also very much lacking in their defensive part areas. Yeah, he's, he's saying that it's a muscle injury and that uh, he'll, he'll be assessed throughout the week, but it's not serious. I don't doubt that you'll see him this weekend. Yeah. If he can play at all, he will play. I especially I, what Claudio Bravo did when he when he came on in, in as a exactly to, uh, during the week. I I don't know. I I just I was watching the game last night and when they came out after half time and it was said that he Ederson had a had a knock and he wasn't going to continue into the game. I just thought, mm, really, yeah, really, it, it is. It's it's just smacks of a couple of a few weeks ago when uh, Solskjaer said De Gea was injured before the Liverpool game and that was all smoke and mirrors. No, yeah. it it obviously in the did Champions League it was kind of all fell apart for City after that yeah. in a game they should have won comfortably but we're not here to talk about the Champions League because this is a Premier League preview podcast absolutely um, go on so Sean right I have one for you yeah. when was the last time Man City uh, won at Anfield ooh well it's obviously before April 2017 because that's the last time anybody won at Anfield yeah. in the Premier League correct we're only talking Premier League here I presume yeah I would say it was definitely under Brendan Rodgers incorrect Oh, so it was under Jurgen Klopp, under mm. before Rogers. Yes. Oh, this now I see. This is why we have Owen here. Owen <laughs> is the man with the stats, but I wasn't expecting to be put on the spot like this. So it's under Kenny Dalglish or actually Roy Hodgson, probably. Go again. Really under Rafa. Yeah. Wow, that is a long time ago. Yeah, two thousand and three. Wow. Since the last time City beat Anfield and that was Nicholas and Elka. Was that not that scored. was Julia's time, wasn't was it? Was it Julia? Sorry. Was Julia's you're time. right. It was yeah. before it was before. Sorry, yeah, my bad. My bad listeners. That was my own fault. Oh, but, the um, moment of stats fell down on the yeah, vital moment. But uh Nicholas and Elka scored two goals for City in a two one defeat at uh, of Liverpool at Anfield. This is in the Premier League era when you had Robbie Fowler, mm-hmm. Peter Schmeichel, and obviously Nicholas and Elka scoring for Man City before he went to Liverpool, so that's how long ago it is. That's they have won one game in Anfield in their last thirty-eight years. So that that is a massive one. They've won game since nineteen eighty-one. Wow, that's unbelievable. But in saying that, none of those city sides were this city side. No, that is the thing. Recent uh, history is completely different. Kettle of fish. Exactly. Um, now I know in very recent years, Liverpool have had very much the upper hand. There's been a few games where Liverpool have just gone out completely blitz city and you know scored four goals in the first 20 minutes of the game um, and that was very early in in Guardiola's tenure as city mm-hmm. manager and Klopp seemed to just have have the making of city and he, he knew exactly what to do but then the two games last season were very different yeah than that the last the, the last three games between Liverpool and City have ended in an nil-all draw uh the charity shield win for City on penalties and obviously the infamous 2-1 in January. Yeah. That pretty much made all the difference toward the end of the season, did we know it at the time. So City do have the recent mental edge, but in their last five games, it's uh, two wins for City, two draws and a, a win for Liverpool. So while Liverpool have gone out in recent, maybe the last three or four years, and they have put up really good performances against City, 
Like I think back to 2014 when they beat them 3-2 in a cracker and it looked like Liverpool were on the way to, yeah. to winning the league. That was an absolute... They had, there have been really firework games and Liverpool have put in some really strong performances, but the, the, uh, the recent statistics are starting to lead toward Man City yet again. I, when I look at this game, I, I, I get a false sense of hope thinking about Manchester City's defence. Um, because they are really struggling there with the, with the players they have injured and with the players that are going to be available. It looks like probably John Stones will start yeah. alongside either Otamendi or Fernandinho. Judging by what Otamendi did in the Champions League during the week, I would say it's probably more likely going to be Fernandinho beside, <laughs> beside John Stones. Well, the, t- the talk is actually that Fernandinho may have to push up into the, into the centre of midfield because Rodri is injured as well. That's true as well. So it could be Stones and Otamendi. Yeah, but anyway, the point, the point I'm trying to make is here, there is a false, you know, false hope there that City's defensive frailties are going to give Liverpool the advantage. But I think this game is more likely going to be won in the midfield, mm, which yeah. is really where City have a massive advantage. You like I, Liverpool's midfield, while they're a top-class midfield, Fabinho has shown himself to be a vital cog in the wheel. He was even left out last week so he wouldn't get suspended so he could play in this game against City. Yeah. Um, and then you're looking at Wijnaldum and Henderson. Or Henderson is probably going to miss the game. Is is what the the feeling is because he was left out of the Genk Champions League. I thought game. he was left out of it in with the view of getting him fit well, for City. It was due to illness, apparently. Yeah, now, there is. They're hopeful. They said he'd be back for Sunday. Maybe he will. But yeah, it, I, it's fifty fifty apparently. But, but then, as you said, that could be the same as Ederson. It could be a kind of a sh- cloaks and dagger kind but of. Then you're looking at Wijnaldum and probably Milner, or mm. possibly Oxley Chamberlain because he has proven himself in in the last few cup games mm. that he he is ready to come back into the team. But no matter how good you think that midfield is, when you put it up against Fernandinho, Kevin De Bruyne, um, Bernardo Silva, I think David Silva's injured. He's out, yeah. David Silva's, but Bernardo Silva and players Gundogan, like Gundogan, like you, Gun, De Bruyne. Gundogan, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's a lot. The City midfield is a long way ahead. There's no two bones about it. And the things that Kevin De Bruyne can produce on his own are incredible. Mm. And, Liverpool's defence has not been at its scintillating best. Haven't kept a, a clean sheet at home at Anfield this season. We have had one clean sheet in all competitions. We yeah. played Liverpool have played teams like Genk and Red Bull, Salzburg and Norwich. You know, teams that you would expect the leaders of the Premier League to walk over and conceded goals and conceded silly goals. Yeah. So it's not going to be the walk in the park that people think it is. No, and uh, Matip being out for Liverpool is a bigger thing than I think people kind of estimate. He has now become, without doubt, the number two beside Van Dijk. And Gomez, since he has come back, hasn't looked fully up to speed yet. And Lovren is Dejan Lovren that we've been giving out about for years, whether you love him or hate him. You know, he's prone to mistakes and he is just not as... He's not as reliable as Matip has been in the last year. No, And And that will be a loss. He's a particular liability in the big games. Because he's a bit like David Luiz, who we spoke about in this podcast before. He he tries to over-impress in the big games and gets too emotional and does stupid things because he, <laughs> he, he thinks there's some part of, of Dejan Lovren that thinks if I'm really good in this game, then people are going to think I'm the best defender in the world. And that's when he makes mistakes. Well, like if you look at his defensive partner, Van Dijk, he's just a picture of calm. 
Yeah. Doesn't matter what game he's in. He just looks like he's never getting out of second gear and no game phases him and he doesn't get emotional. Lovren is like the, the, the complete opposite to that. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think an interesting stat as well. Well, it's not really a stat. It's just a trend. The last three games Liverpool have trailed. They've gone down and their last three Premier League games, yep. they've trailed and uh, have still managed to get seven points from them. Mm. And that includes Spurs United. Yeah. Uh, and like that, that's, I know obviously we're very lucky to get out of jail against Villa. Mm. Uh, but um, that stat in itself is telling and I think that's one that's going to come into it. There's also another stat that I think is interesting. Aguero has played 10 times at Liverpool, once in a Carabao Cup or FA Cup seven times in the league and he twice in the league. Oh, he scores at Anfield. No, he's never scored at Anfield. What? Aguero, Sergio Aguero has plenty of scored, plenty of goals against Liverpool. He's never scored at Anfield. I, rem- I remember last season that the commentators going on about how he always gets a goal against Liverpool, but that just must be always at Manchester City Stadium. Yeah, he's never scored again. He's never scored in Anfield. That's one of it's one of the only grounds that he plays in regularly that he's never scored. Thank God so, for that. Uh, but you look, we're listening to all these trends, and they'll probably be beaten. Like. Yeah. You know, you have Liverpool are 45 games unbeaten at home. But you, like you look at um Raheem Sterling is probably in the in the the form of his life. Um and you just think of a player like Raheem Sterling against Trent Alexander-Arnold. Now don't get me wrong, Trent Alexander-Arnold is a world-class right back. Um particularly in an attacking sense not much in the defending sense. He can defend, but he's not going to like we seen we seen him against Sané last year and he was all at sea. And I think Sterling offers just a little bit more than Sané. So I would be worried about that side of the field. Oh, without doubt. Sané, I think though Sané has popped up with important goals against Liverpool as well though. Exactly. It's, it's a blessing in disguise for Liverpool fans that he's out. Yeah. But he is a massive loss yeah. for City because there are five or six players out injured when now. You ha- when you have Sterling on the form he's in playing in that position that you don't really mm. miss Ster- you don't miss Sané that much. I think... I wouldn't be massively worried about Mares on the other side against Robinson. No. Robertson, I think Robertson will will look after him well enough. Set your watch, Danny Robertson. Yeah. Like he is, he's so I, reliable. I think the key the key to the fullbacks, Liverpool fullbacks having a good day is Fabinho being mm-hmm. being on the cover at all times, and he's he's shown in recent games that he is well capable of doing that. Yeah, he's going to be busy for he, sure. He is definitely going to be busy. Zinchenko, I think being out for City is a big deal as well because he, I think he's, I think for me anyway, personally, I think he's one of the most underrated players for Man yeah. City. I think he's been brilliant for them. And Although, now maybe now that Laffer Trent may be a bit more enticement uh, to go to go down that wing. But then again, as you're saying, that inv- opens it up a bit more for Sterling at the back, you know. So you say that, but like, la- la- so City just have all these players that they spent billions on just sitting waiting to play. <laughs> I know. And yeah, la- but you, last they're cold on the bench. You see, that's la- the issue. Last week, um, Sinchenko obviously was injured, and City debuted a young player, Alessandrini, mm. who they brought back from PSV, who was on loan, and he was brilliant. You know, so they can just—it's like you talk about their. They having injuries and having problems, but the quality that they have to fill those positions is just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah I have to. I think Fab. I think you could see Fab, Genie, Milner uh, in the in the middle three because you're going to have to probably provide two cover if the if the if it's going to be the type of game that I'm anticipating anyway, where yeah. you're going to see five or six goals and both defenses just not being able to cope and being overran. Yeah. I can see Andy and Trent just being deployed way far forward and you're going to have Milner and uh, Fab basically trying to plug holes. Yeah, and yeah. that's how I see it. But um, 
I, I can just see it being an absolute free for all. This is the I know we this is often predicted that oh these are the two most attacking sides in the league and and they'll go at it and it'll be a four all and it'll be a cracker of a game and then it turns out to be a miserable nil all because neither side wants to shut her shut her hand. But, but I at, think, at the end of the day, City need to win this game. Mm-hmm. A, a draw is a draw is an excellent result for Liverpool because oh, they it, still walk away six points ahead. One hundred percent. And Liverpool have played by far the more trickier fixtures over the first ten games. Like yeah. they, they've met a good few of the top six already. They've played uh, United. They've played Spurs. They've played Leicester. Have they played Arsenal? Yes. Yes, they have. Played Arsenal three 0 Yeah, played Chelsea away from home. Yeah. So they've had they've, sorry three one. Torreira scored a goal. Yeah. Oh, you're on the ball, the late goal. Yeah. So um. Like they've Liverpool have racked up a lot of the the big six games already. Yeah, Liverpool. We spoke a few weeks ago about Liverpool's run into this game, and we were nervous about the fixtures because they had United, Spurs, Villa before this game in the mm-hmm. Premier League, and we were worried that the six point gap would be much closer by the time we got to this game, and it hasn't been. Liverpool have done, they've done their part. They played their part. City, in fairness, have kept their part as well. They've kept winning games um, it's just I find this one really hard to call because yes. and, and, and this game every season for the past few seasons has been has been really hard to call because the two teams are just so good and it's just about it seems to be about who gets that early advantage yeah it's kind of like I was talking recently about rugby about because the Rugby World Cup was on and I said that professional rugby now particularly at World Cup level has got to the point where normally the first team to get a score on the board is the team that goes on and win it. They'll just go and dominate. Yeah. And the momentum and it, is key, yeah. And it's very difficult for the other team to, to get that back. And we've mm. seen that in, in the World Cup final. South Africa got six points on the board early and England could never get back into it. And I think this game between Liverpool and City is very similar. Whoever gets that early advantage is probably going to go on and win the game. I would somewhat agree. But then you look at Liverpool's track record of affording teams leads and then hunting them down. None of those teams were Manchester City. Though. They they weren't. They weren't. But I don't know. I just I just have a funny feeling that Liverpool have a mental edge here. They they Liverpool have a real belief about them. Yeah. This season that I just don't see in Man City. They had it last year. They were mental mentally just rock solid last year at City. They had to go on a ridiculous run to hunt Liverpool down and win yeah, the, yeah. the league last year. They, that deserves incredible kudos. I know just because they have a, a multi-billion probably at this stage uh, Euro squad, it it doesn't negate the fact you have to go and do these things. You can't, they don't just fall on your lap because you've spent that money or because you're you're that quality of player. You have to go and actually enforce your will. And to go on that run was just incredible. Like there's no taking it away from them. They were brilliant to, to secure Premier League last year. But just this season, they don't seem to have that same hunger, that same maybe fight and they were made to work against Southampton. Now, in fairness, they've fought their way out of it, but they were made to work against Southampton last week. So, yeah. and we, in fairness, in the podcast last week, we talked about how many goals Southampton would lose by. Yeah, Southampton were obviously coming off the back of that nine nil loss to Leicester, and they're in a pretty bad place. But for a large portion of the game, it looked like Southampton were going to win that game. It did. It now, did. in fairness, they got Southampton got a goal, and City battered them. But <laughs> City weren't at what we would call their best oh, by, by a long shot for some reason they just to me anyway they just don't seem to have that same killer instinct this year they seem a bit there seems, sloppier there seems to be an attitude at City at the moment that 
no matter how hard they try, they just can't catch Liverpool, and it's just like, oh, what's the point? Yeah, you, know, maybe, you can kind of get maybe, that feeling that, it, and it, again, it's what it's that fourth season syndrome as well. Mm. Like they've won the last two Premier Leagues, they're look, looking for three in a row, and it's just it's hard to know. But they, at the end of the day, they are City, and they're just yeah. they, they are do, an incredible look, side. Like they say, it's harder to keep keep it than win it. You know, but yeah. but um. I'm here saying, oh yeah, they don't seem to have the same killer instinct this year, and they've beaten Watford eight 0 But you know, but I, I do, I, I do. Don't know, I just don't see the same fight in them this season for some reason. I do think that we do have to point out that there is a feeling around that the winner of this game is the winner of the Premier League. Mm, and, yeah, I suppose that's a fair enough statement. Yeah, and that's understandable to think that because nine points at the top of the Premier League, considering how few points those both those teams drop. Is is or nine points or six points is a massive gap at the top of the Premier League, but you have to take into account the fixture congestion that's coming up for Liverpool in December. It's going to even if Liverpool have a nine point gap or a six point gap going into December, it's going to be very very difficult for them to maintain that. Uh, maybe it is, but I do see more depth in the squad than I would have seen last year. Like when you look at Liverpool's benches here, it's yeah, but a it, lot miles last last year Liverpool were out of the Carabao Cup at this stage. They didn't have to go to Qatar to play in the World Club Cup. Mm. And they were fairly comfortable in the Champions League by that stage. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, That's the thing. Liverpool are still in a battle for Champions League. But so are Man City now after that draw with Atlanta. Yeah. Like, you know, Liverpool, so. I think, are a lot comf- more comfortable in their Champions League group. I think I think two draws will, will pretty much get them out of that group in, in second place at, I, at the very least. Actually, a point against... Um, is this yep. point against Salzburg completely more, more or less guarantees them a, exactly. a, a progression? But. but whereas City are in a lot more precarious a position after their result last night. Right. Well, listen, we've talked about this game now for 22 minutes and we've talked in circles. At some point, we're going to have to make some sort of a prediction. Okay, go on. You go first, right? But not just, I suppose, the result, but the way you see the game going and maybe a key matchup or where the game might be won and last. Uh, uh, that's so difficult <laughs> it's not as if I, this is what I, we're here to do like <laughs> i think there are are two particular key matchups that i think could win the game for either side one for city i think a key matchup is definitely sterling against trent alexander arnold i think conversely a key matchup for liverpool is salah against kyle walker we know what Kyle Walker's like. He's a, he's a, he's a good player, but he's a hothead, and he doesn't like playing against Liverpool. And he's been at fault for a lot of goals they've conceded against Liverpool in the past. And Salah, I think, will will play on that. So, yeah, that really doesn't go anyway towards my uh, prediction. <laughs> oh God, I just think, I think that the draw is so beneficial to Liverpool that that is the most likely outcome I can see. So is that by virtue of the game just being locked up and just Liverpool maybe no, closing it down or is I, it a high scoring draw or what way? I think I think it's going to go either way. Either Liverpool are going to score and try close it down but City have too much quality and they'll, they'll pull one back and make it a draw or else City will score and then the converse will happen. Liverpool yeah. will do exactly what they did to Spurs or what they did to, to Villa. United or Villa, Villa yeah. And they'll just be relentless until they get their goal. At the end of the day, if City score a goal and Liverpool pull one back, Liverpool are happy out because the, the draw still keeps them six points ahead. They're not going to push on 
and try and win it and end up losing because they're pushing too hard. Yeah. So that's why I'm kind of leaning towards a draw. I hope it's not. I hope Liverpool go on and win it and it's I'll be celebrating long into Sunday night if they do. But I, I, I just can't see past the draw for that reason. Yeah, I suppose from my own perspective, where do I see it won and last? I think what you're, I take your point about midfield, but I see this being won on the wings. And I do think Zinchenko will be a massive last for City. I think that back four without Zinchenko looks even more frail now. And that centre half pairing of Stones and Atamendi, if that is the, half, the, the back four pairing, or the centre half pairing, sorry. If that is the pairing, I would really fear for City. I, I think that they would be attacked time and time again down the flanks, and I think that would pay dividends. We can't not touch on the absolute incredible form that Sadio Mane is on either. Exactly. He's been, I think he's been the best player in the Premier League so far, for tomorrow anyway. Yeah. Maybe maybe the exception of Kevin De Bruyne. Or uh, I would I would not my hat to Vardy as well he's on 10 goals yeah do you know what he, he's what he's a type of player you'd easily forget about but he's Mr. Consistent and he's up there with yeah. you know with, with some of the best yeah that that is very true actually yeah but to me Mane has been carrying Liverpool for a, a couple of weeks and I said as a Liverpool fan they yeah. haven't been that good like yeah and that's the honest truth they've rolled their luck at times they have been ha- very kind of they've showed great heart determination they've they've showed confidence but they've been frail at the back and that's there's no other way of putting it. I see this as being a goal fest and I see it being four... I'm going to say it would be easier to just call a Liverpool win. But I see a 4-2 Liverpool win, but I see City getting an early goal. We've been giving out about City scoring early goals and how teams keep getting caught by City scoring an early goal. I think I could see City scoring an early goal here and that just opening the game up completely. Liverpool will just go hell for leather. Might get a go, might get the first goal, might actually concede a second goal before him, but I just see it being a goal fest. And looking at City's back four, and I just fear for I would fear for that back four, and I, I do think Liverpool I, will concede as well, but I think I think uh, City will concede more. I I have a feeling, and I said as I said earlier, I think if City score an early goal, then there's no hope for Liverpool mm. because. Both both Liverpool and City are very similar sides in the respect that they need the opposition team to open up against them. They don't like teams that sit in. No, they don't. And, and if City are probably better at unlocking that, but yeah, yeah I agree. They if prefer. City score an, er, an early goal, then Liverpool have to open up, mm. and then it's open season. And that's what um, that's what City have done to so many teams this year. Like there's been. And the end of last season, there's been so many games where they've scored in the first ninety seconds of the game, mm. and they just they end, just end up going on a on a like a, a scoring spree. Yeah, you know. And I think obviously Liverpool are better than most of the sides they've done that too, but still, it just plays into their hands if they get an early goal. And that's why I said earlier, if one of these teams gets an early early goal, they they will more than likely go on and win the game. Yeah, I can see what you're saying, but to me. I think if Liverpool score the f- score first, I could see him trying to sit back and doing that against City. Yeah. We do not have the defensive kind of rigidness rigidity what I, what that I, we had last year. Though I, I can see us conceding if we sit back. So I think it has to be a kind of a. It's like when it used to be Liverpool and Arsenal four or five years ago. Didn't neither team could defend. No, Arsenal still can't. But it would just be absolute. Let's go for it and last man back essentially, yeah. and whoever whoever is in goals is in goals almost. What, what I but. What I would really love to see as a Liverpool fan, what I would really love to see is the Liverpool that 
had a, those couple of games against City where they just came out hell for leather from the first second and just were just full on, full paced, hammering them. And City were just in shock and Liverpool ended up going three and four up in, in really early in the game. I remember one of them, City pulled it back to 4-3 or something like that. And then there was another one where Liverpool won it 4-1. I think it was one of Klopp's first games against City mm. was the famous one with the boom uh, interview afterwards. Yeah. But I would love that. But I think... I think Guardiola and uh, City have kind of cottoned onto that at this stage and, and I don't think we're going to get an opportunity to do it but I would love that's what I would love to see mm. happen that's the one thing though with City I think if you get if we score a goal or two early against them I do think that they can be demoralised mm. I don't think that that happens with Liverpool I don't think you can beat this Liverpool team by a wide margin I just wouldn't see it happening they'd, no, it, they'd fight for every screed whereas City are a very flair team and that that oscillates. That goes between very good and it can be very bad too when the heads do go down. I'm going so. to say something here. It might be a bit mad. Um, I definitely think there's been some sort of a psychological shift in Liverpool this season. Mm. I think for most of the last season, they were they were almost embarrassed to be so high up in the Premier League. They didn't feel like they were as good to be there. Ah, they were getting nosebleeds there up. So, yeah. Exactly. But then they went and won the Champions League. And there seems to be kind of this arrogance about them now where they think, actually, no, we're supposed to be here. Yeah. And how dare someone score first against us? You know, and yeah. it, there's definitely, there's more more backbone and more will to win and more belief that they can win a Premier League. I think Liverpool going into a City game a few years ago might have been a bit reticent or maybe viewing it with a bit of scepticism. This season, they don't fear them. They, yeah. they, they won't fear them. They'll honestly believe that they are six points better than City and that they will be trying their utmost to make it nine. But again, both sides are conceding left, right and centre. Liverpool have one clean sheet, as we said. City are susceptible at the back without Laporte and all the various changes they've had to make. Zinchenko now out as well. Um, like, this has to be a goal fest. To my mind, it is. But as we, as I've said, we've expected this before and we've gotten nil alls and wonder yeah. how the hell. But I just don't see it. But to me, I see... F- at I think I'd see f- at least four or five goals and I'd nearly be saying the u- upwards of that. Well, I really hope for the neutrals that there's four or five goals in this game. But for myself, I just hope that it's a win. I'll take one goal win. But I'm going to go with a draw. You're going to go with a Liverpool win. Yeah. And that's where we're going to leave that because we could literally talk about this game for, for hours. Next week if we're have, we've used up half of our podcast time. We're going to take a little break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about all the rest of the games that are happening this weekend. There's some very tasty fixtures. There's some not so tasty fixtures. Do stay tuned. We'll be back very soon. Hello. Welcome back. Um, you've probably just... Stop listening to us within seconds. <laughs> We've been off eating pizza and catching up on a bit of QI and we're back now for the second half of the podcast. We're not going to think about Manchester City, Liverpool again until the weekend. We have loads of other fixtures to get through. So we're going to rattle through them in quick fire fashion. Um, we'll spend a bit of time on the tasty ones. I think we'll start off with... Um, Friday night's fixture, the opener for the weekend, a massive six-pointer for both sides, Norwich City versus Watford. Again, I've I, I probably kind of been resigned to the fact that I was saying I don't know what the hell's going to happen in these type of games, but um, this feels, we were just saying, like, this feels massive for both clubs. This is, like, if Watford lose this, it gives Norwich a great boost, and Watford are even further cut adrift. If Watford win this, kind of drags them back into... Maybe a bit of a battle again. It's 
do you know it, it's one of those ones whereby you're ugh, you're really looking at it going Watford have to be winning this and while Norwich are in Carrow Road you have to be thinking even Watford's Watford's most recent form is actually better than Norwich's yeah. they did manage three wins uh, three draws in a row before their, their last defeat what, but, Watford are rock bottom of the table on five points Norwich are two points above them in se- with seven points and Southampton just above that with eight points a win here for Watford can get them right up from the bottom of the table to level on points with Southampton. Yeah, so this is this is this is massive. This is massive. Um, you would think, given Norwich's recent form, that this is a game for Watford. It, I, I know I've said it week after week that Kike Chances Flores is the man to drag them out of this problem, and this is looks like really where it's going to start. If they can't win this game, then. That's it. I give up all hope, and they're probably going to get relegated. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> 11, 11 weeks in, you'll eventually be resigned to it. Yeah, but like this is this is if any fixture is a three point game for Norwich or for Watford, this is it. Yeah, they need to get given Norwich's current form. Um, they just have to win it. They just have, Watford are just about they're a better side. They're too good to be where they are. Like we're probably already in miracle territory. Looking at Watford, like has there been a side that haven't won one of the first ten game ten games and actually stayed up? I doubt it. I doubt it. You know, so yeah. like it would be a miracle already, but like, yeah, but it's not. It's not really great escape territory yet. There's only there's only three points between them and and Southampton, who are the third from bottom. There's okay. There's six points to get out of the relegation zone. That's two wins. And Watford are capable of it. We've seen them do it over the last few years in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, they're, like it's really sad this season to sh- to see what that what has kind of befallen the club, but as you said last year and the year before you you wouldn't have you wouldn't have given Norwich a, a snowball's <laughs> chance in hell. Mm. But um just this season Watford have been really lackluster in get in certain games. Now in some games they've brought it a small bit. I think they've been much improved under Flores. They I have think they, they they have there has been elements of what was there under Gracia, but that's always gonna happen. There's gonna be a transition period. But I think that there's definitely there's a glimmer of hope there for Watford fans. And I think I think they can take three points mm-hmm. from this game and, and, and get and leapfrog Norwich. And obviously uh Flores will know most of the squad very intimately as well. Exactly. Do you know, it's not as if he's a com- coming off a different planet yeah. to, ma- to manage this Watford side. Like he'll know the ins and outs of him, so he should be fairly seamlessly transitioning into the job there after a few games. And there was kind of signs that their form was turning around, but they still didn't get that W. And that is where you will. That's where the difference lies between setting up and that. So this is a game they have to win, and I actually agree with you. Carrow Road City went there and took a loss. It isn't exactly Norwich don't roll over. They will have yeah, a but push, but they can't defend. Have, have Norwich picked up a point since that City game? I don't think they have. Oh, they haven't. No, I don't They're only they on seven points. Yet. They haven't picked up a point yeah. since that City game. So, so the wheels really fell off at that point, and the the morale is very low at Norwich. It, it is, it and is, it's yeah. raise it's raising at Watford. And Watford have De La Feo fit again, and. That's always a bonus. Norwich started like a house on fire, but now the ashes are starting to yeah. starting to be swept away in the wind, you know, type of way. It like it's it really is crumbling. Yeah. Bar the, the, the bar the win against Newcastle and the, the obviously massive surprise against City, they've got one result from their other what, nine games. Exactly. You know, so or one point sorry from their other nine games. So um yeah, that says a lot. But Watford, they're 
giving, they're showing signs that the ship is starting to write itself as mobile, but that doesn't matter. If you go out and draw another three games in a row, so what? Because you need those W's. Like, you need the wins. That's where, that's their only hope. And to me, this is a great fixture to to, to, to start that now. Give me a, give me a prediction. I will go Watford 1-0. No, one, yeah, 1-0. One I'll go Watford 1-0. I'm going to go for a Watford win as well. I think what we'll do is we'll go on to the other game that has a big bear, bearing on this game, which is the matchup of Southampton and Everton. Sounds good. Because the, what happens in this game will have a big bearing on what happens between Norwich and, <clears throat> and Watford because the bottom four at the moment are those four teams. Yeah. So anyway, Southampton, Everton, I... If I was a Southampton fan, I'd be looking at this game and thinking we can get something here. Mm, maybe, yeah. Uh, I'd be looking at it as an Everton fan <laughs> thinking I can get something here, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Everton, to me, again, another team that started dismally, but there's signs that... There are two sides that are kind of massively underperforming. Oh, massively so. But to me, especially Everton, that squad is just too good to be where it is. But um, I, I, you do have to say... Andre Gomez got that horrific injury at the weekend against Spurs. Yeah. But that really, that injury is so significant. It's not just a horrific injury for Gomez, it's a horrific injury for Everton because he is everything that has been good about Everton. Mm. He has, the times when they've been good, it's been him that's making them tick. And it's a massive loss, especially when they're in the predicament they're in. It's all right if they were up around 5th, 6th and they had the rest of the team were firing on all cylinders, but they're, they're really not. No, and they're going to struggle, really struggle without him in there controlling the midfield. Well, look, th- things can happen in 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 a situation like that, and it can galvanize a team or it can cause them to crumble. And when I was watching after that horrific incident, it they didn't lie down. They 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 st- stood up to the plate and they they fought for everything again. And yeah, I mean they weren't. It can it's it was sickening to watch, and obviously they were affected emotionally by it because number one, they're his friend, like, and number two, the teammates. Yeah, it, it did kind of give them the drive to go on and get that equaliser in the game. Now, granted, Spurs were down to, to 10 men because Son was sent off. The, that red card has since been rescinded by the, the Premier League. Yeah. But... They rallied, I thought. They and rallied, but it was against the poor Spurs side. and Spurs are terrible as well. Like So, mm. I don't know. It's I think Southampton... Southampton have been poor and unlucky at the same time. They were massively poor to ship nine goals against Leicester. It was, that was a ridiculous result. No wow. team in the Premier Premier League should ever be beaten by that. That's an embarrassment. And at home is sure. But they were brilliant against City and probably could have left the City of Manchester Stadium, stadium with a point, yeah. or if not all three. So there are two Southamptons as much as there are two Everton's. Oh, that's the thing. You have the absolute Jekyll and Hyde of both clubs here. You have no idea. But to me, I think for obviously an awfully sad reason, I think this will be the galvanizing point. This will be the turning point for Everton, I think. They were waiting for something to spark their season. And I think it took a really serious injury to one of their players. But I think this, I'm going to hang my hat on this. This will be where Everton start to turn it around. Because it will be... Time to be counted now when the, where, the, where the men are compared to the boys. And I think the men will stand up now in the next few weeks. And I think you'll see Everton racking up a few results. So you're going to give Everton the win on yeah, this one? I'm giving Everton an away win here. I'm going to go with a home win for Southampton. I can see where you're coming from. But at the same time, I think Southampton were have been worse in their bad points when, yeah. uh, compared to Everton. It, like if, if both of their 
awful sides turn up, I still fancy Everton. You know, <laughs> Everton's uh, Everton's less Everton's awful side is less I, awful than Southampton's it, awful it's, side. It is probably a bit marginal, yeah, yeah. Like, but still, and I you would think t- Everton, Southampton have the capacity to be worse than Everton. Yeah, do. yeah, yeah. But and and if both their best sides turn up, you would reckon that Everton's, Everton's best side is better. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I think this is this will be the turning point for Everton. Yeah, yeah. It's a tough one to call, but I just think I think Southampton will take it. Yeah. I think Gomez is just going to be such a massive loss for Everton. And I think it's an away fixture. And I think there's some absolutely banana statistic the last time that Everton won an away game. Oh, it, I can't remember what it is. Also, they haven't turned around a 1-0 in something like two years or something. So uh, it, they, every, every game they've gone down in, they've lost. Yeah, exactly. Jesus. Or they they haven't won. Yeah, like they they come back to draw against Spurs. Yeah. But I don't think they've come back from a from conceding first under Marco Silva. Jesus, yeah. That so is a damning one. Now let's move on to the other end of the table, to a team that could be second by Saturday afternoon. The informed team in the Premier League, Chelsea. They've won five on the trot now, and they're welcoming Crystal Palace to Stamford Bridge. They've been unreal to watch. They've been the team to watch this so, so far this season, probably them and Leicester. Yeah. Like, uh, while obviously Liverpool are top, they're grinding it out, coming from behind, not playing with real fluency or shaky at the back. Chelsea obviously had their defensive woes at the start of the season. They yeah. have shored it up somewhat. Like, we sat here after the first two games of the season and said, Chelsea are in trouble. Yeah. They can't <laughs> defend. What's going to happen? They, they, they may not even start thinking about the top six. They need to get to the transfer win, next transfer window or get the transfer ban out of the way, buy players and sort it out and try and stay in the Premier League. Mm. And here we are, we're talking about them, they could be second on Saturday. Yeah, they beat Crystal Palace their second until Liverpool and City play. And if the mm. result goes for Liverpool, then Chelsea are second. Yeah, And City could be fourth. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, a mass, it's a massive turnaround. Like, yeah. And led by, primarily led by a lot of youth in the squad as well. Yeah. Like, obviously we've spoke a lot about Timmy, uh, Tammy Abraham Tamori I'm not even going to try and pronounce his first name because I'd only make a hames of it Mr. Tamori Mr. Tamori to me yeah uh, Pulisic has been very good Mason Mount has been brilliant but obviously the old hands of like the, the likes of Willian uh, Kovacic uh, Alonso have now stood up in the last few weeks that's been a great yeah Aspi has been actually yeah. very good the last few and weeks they very still, good they still haven't even got Kante fit yeah that's Which the thing is, yeah. is scary like he made a cameo appearance against Liverpool and was brilliant you know that was yeah. kind of the only game that he really has been fully there for and he, he was brilliant like so once he's a, a, a regular fixture in the squad they're flying it yeah you have to take your hat off to Frank Lampard he's doing mm. an incredible job there I, and I can't see anything but a Chelsea win in this game uh, I'd agree, yeah. Again, though, I'd urge caution because I just on Chelsea, I do think eventually that'll derail a small bit, but not. it won't be a ridiculous turnaround, but the results will slacken off. I will bet, put my ha- my life in that. Yeah, they, that they, 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 they will they, fight for fourth. <coughs> it won't be a case of them kind of neck and neck with Liverpool or City for second. I think they'll be fighting for fourth. It, it is a bananas thing to say, a crazy thing to say, given the Chelsea that we've known for the past decade, Really, since 2005 or 2004 mm. when the new owner took, when Abramovich took over. But it's crazy thing to say that Chelsea being in the Champions League now and other competitions is probably going to be a strain on their squad that they don't really have that much of a squad. I think that Champions League game completely epitomised where Chelsea are. Yeah. Uh, like they were obviously defensively very frail to concede for, but... They show that they have a serious spark and a serious will going forward and I will, talent. I will, I, will, I will say, though, in 
I know it's, a, it's again it's a Champions League game and we're not here to talk about Champions League games but Ajax were 3-0 up in the first half against Chelsea and only had one shot on goal yeah, <laughs> um, yeah incredible yeah. St- statistic it's just Chelsea scored two own goals yeah that, that, is, and, that is an outlier alright yeah yeah but anyway I, I think moving on I think we've spoke about Crystal Palace in, Le- in Lent over the last few podcasts they are the kind of team that are going to go around the Premier League and upset all the big boys and they're going to win games they're not expected to win week in week out and they've, they've, they've proven that so far this mm. season but I just think going to Stamford Bridge with the form that Chelsea are on after winning five in a row after having a really exciting even though it was only a draw in the Champions League those type of games can you know they can boost confidence because they yeah. came from came from being three goals behind to drawing yeah. four four and actually getting a goal to go five four up obviously before VAR disallowed it but he like to to score five goals in a game yeah. after being you know three 0 down as you say it, it's a massive boost psychologically I know I, I saw an interview there recently who was it I cannot remember for life of me who was a Chelsea player but he said it was the most ridiculous game he's played in his life that yeah. it was so exciting so they're going to be on a high I know they only rescued a point in the end but they will be on yeah, a high the, rolling into this the mood must be so high at the mm. moment at Chelsea like and they had so many chances toward the end of that game and they're creating chances all through the season as well and I just don't see like where the goals are going to come from Palace to offset that I think no. Chelsea will just score too many goals like well now I've said that before and Crystal Palace have proved us wrong they've been defensively very I, I, tough I, when you wouldn't imagine I, it with the I watch, four, but I watched Palace against Leicester last weekend at Selhurst Park and they were so poor mm. they never they couldn't lay a glove on Leicester for the entire game and if you look at Leicester and Chelsea, they're pretty much neck and neck in the Premier League. So that's that's what you're expecting, Palace. You're, to be. you're you probably are. And Stamford Bridge now is a very happy hunting ground for Lampard yeah. after a slowish start to the season. There at home, he was getting all his points away, but he's won the last three, I think, at home. And um, yeah, they'll be ready to rock. They'll be firing. And yeah, Chelsea for me. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Chelsea as well. Let's move on to uh, Newcastle, Bournemouth. Bournemouth are showing signs of frailty. They are. But what a result at the weekend now, and they were fully deserving mm. of that 1-0 win over United. They, Absolutely, like, well, United. Oh, I will, I will say, to watch. I will say people are probably listening to this saying, why is he saying Bournemouth are showing signs of frailty? I'm basing that on, on more games than just the United game yeah. because United were abject. They were diabolical. They didn't turn up. They didn't turn up whatsoever. But Bournemouth have been... They've not been the Bournemouth that we've become accustomed to over the past four or five years in the Premier League. In the last few games. Yeah. But um, obviously they will take great heart from that result. That'll, that'll be, the, the, the morale will, will have been very high all week in uh, training, but... I would like to say one thing about Newcastle. Yeah, they're going to strangle the life out of this Bournemouth team anyway. We spoke about... I'm going to call you out a little bit here. Go on, go for it. We spoke about Newcastle, West Ham in the last, in the last podcast. Mm. And I said that West Ham are in a bad place and if Newcastle really go for the juggler they can they can get at West Ham and they can take three points you said there's no point they're going there's no way they're going to the London Stadium looking for three points they're going to sit in and go for a draw they attacked every yeah, minute of the game <laughs> they, they could have been they were they could have been seven nil up in the first half Maximan was true clean through on goal on two occasions and couldn't get it past the keeper. Mm. It was well that clean through and goal, but he was one on one with the keeper. Um, the Spanish forward Almiron, he had a he had a shot off the crossbar. They, they could have. They really went for West Ham. Mm. They they seen that West Ham are struggling, and they took an opportunity, and they were 
I have to say, in fairness, as much as I dislike Steve Bruce and I dislike everything that's going on at Newcastle, he's doing well. Oh, he is. Uh, he's going to keep him up. He's going to fucking keep him up. And he came out. I'm he, telling you, he'll manage it by two points. You know, they are the staying season, up. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. They are staying up. Uh, and he even he, he said after the game, I was watching, I think it was on, on Match of the Day, he said um, a couple more wins like that and they're going to start revering me like they did Rafa. Oh... <laughs> Oh, he'd give you oil. He'd give Vaseline oil. But um, yeah, he's going to keep him up. Do you know? What? And it's going to be games like this that they're going to they're going to yeah attack. I, I I can see where you're coming from here. Bournemouth are starting to concede too many goals. It's becoming a bit of a habit now. Obviously, clean sheet against United at the weekend. But as you said, you can fairly hard to to read that from that game where United are because God help us and save us. That was just as you said, so abject, terrible performance. Like I was watching that game and it was just all Bournemouth they were the only ones with a bit of creativity and life yeah. to them like you know so um, yeah I can see I can see Newcastle I can see Newcastle like this, here. this one at St. James's Park I, I I just think that if the form Newcastle are in I think and the form Bournemouth are in I think Newcastle are going to are going to win it agreed Um, it's, it is one of those games though that could be kind of as just a crappy draw just mm. because the two sides that are on display but if anyone's going to win it I think it would probably Newcastle yeah, and um, there's two Bournemouths though as well. Like they, there's one that is uh they're an exciting, good team to watch, and they have a cut. And then there's another Bournemouth that are just sloppy and give away too many goals and just end up creating chaos for themselves and just can't deal with it. And it just depends what turns up. But there'll be a serious atmosphere up in St James's Park. Newcastle are riding a small bit of a wave. I can't believe I'm even saying that, but they are. And um, yeah, I actually fancy Newcastle to get the win here. Yeah, I agree with you. We're going to move on to uh, Spurs, who are in piss poor form, and Sheffield United. I do have to say, <laughs> last oh, yeah. week, last week on our podcast, um, we were discussing the fixture of Sheffield United at Burnley, and we talked about what a dire fixture it was and how boring <laughs> the two sides were. And then. <laughs> Not long after the weekend, I was tagged in a video by one of our listeners, Mr. Lee Schofield, who's obviously from Sheffield. Um, and condolences. He, <laughs> he, he tagged me in a video of uh, an excellent Sheffield goal, and it was an excellent display yeah, by Sheffield. Yeah, it was a Sheffield. brilliant team goal, it was, and, yeah. And it, it, the, the entire game was an excellent display by Sheffield United. They played some great football, and I have to say... I ate my words. Yeah, sure. We both do. That's what yeah. we're here to. We're here to be wrong as well as right. Like yeah. we, Burnley have some. Right. Burnley have to be looking at themselves a little bit for their performance. But oh, Sheffield yeah. United were very good, and it was great to see so many Republic of Ireland players doing oh, so well. Yeah, it, it is. But a uh, bit of a false dawn, I'd say. When, when, when they when they need to bring it, they don't. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. yeah. but no, it's good to see like Sir Stevens and uh, yeah. And uh, Callum Robinson and um, David McGoldrick all yeah. doing well, you know. So long may it last. It is a bit of a, a Republic of Ireland enclave there. So yeah. you'd have to wish him the best of luck. But yeah, uh, of course we 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 we'll of course we'll apologise to yeah. is it Les is it Lee Lee, 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 sorry, Lee geez, sorry Thank you very that, much Lee. for the tweet, Lee. We very much appreciate all listener contribution, and we wish your team the very best for the rest and, of the season. And make sure make sure to get on to us next week after we decide here that Spurs are going to batter the living shit out of <laughs> Sheffield United. No, so. I I have to say Chris Wilder is doing an incredible job. At, uh, Sheffield United and they're they're very quickly looking like a Premier League side they are There's some man for the interviews no, he's <laughs> a great man for an interview <laughs> Jeez, he didn't hold back what was that uh, the keeper's name that made um, the mistake I can't think of his name is it Henderson yeah Henderson the, the ball 
basically went through his legs. It was a disaster. Yeah. Jeez, he didn't hold back against him. Was that against Liverpool? It was against Liverpool, yeah. 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 And he called him out. I, I don't really like uh, managers calling out players individually. I think managers should be, should be supporting players. We did say that at the time, and I, yeah. I gave my feelings on it at the time. But I think we should focus on on the, the their current fixture, which is Spurs. And I mean, ordinarily, Spurs at White Hart Lane, welcoming a new, newly promoted side, would be, it'd be run-of-the-mill Spurs win. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anything is a run-of-the-mill Spurs win at the moment. No. they have, Although, again, I know we keep preference in Champions League form, but they turned in a, a brilliant performance during the week, scoring four. But... um. I do fancy Spurs here. They're, like, they're, they're, thir- they're on 13 points after playing 11 games. They're bad, but they're not terrible. If you, if you yeah, get me. Yeah. They're bad com- in comparison to where they are last year. Bad in comparison to where they should be now. But yeah. I think Sheffield hopeless. United are going to at White Hart Lane. Or, sorry, um, in Tot- Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Stadium. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not White Hart Lane anymore. I think Sheffield United are going to choke the life out. Oh, they will. They'll sit in now. They'll do, they'll do what they did. Was it against Everton? No. Yeah, yeah. It was against they, Everton. They sat, they sat in and won 2-0, I think, and had one shot on target. But Spurs have shown this season already against Newcastle that they don't really have what it takes to deal with that. They can be frustrated, yeah, they, they for sure. They can be frustrated. Um, not sure. Harry Kane had a, a virus. His entire family had a virus. That's why mm. he didn't play last weekend and he didn't play in the Champions League. Yeah. He's unlikely to play against Sheffield United. Is he? He's, well, he's a doubt was what I read today. Yeah. That I, I I actually read the opposite that he'd play, but then you, you never know. Yeah. These are all speculation. Half the time they're making it up just yeah. to get clickbait. Like exactly. But, um, if, geez, um, if he was out, that'd be a big loss for. But I, I, people always talk about the loss of Harry Kane. But I, part of me, if I was a manager, I prefer the look of Song and Lucas Mora as mm-hmm. a as a forward partnership than Harry Kane on his own. I know Harry Kane has backed it up with goals for, for season after season and you can't deny that but I just think the work rate and creativity that Lucas Mora and uh, Song Hyung-min bring to a team see I got that off Song you Hyung-min you got that off yeah. lovely yeah. bring to a team I, it's, it's second to none it's nearly up there with what the Liverpool forwards give you yeah Son is just an absolute live where I suppose seeing him through the middle would be interesting alright as, as the talisman but is he better t- driving at defences rather than waiting for someone else to do well, that's that what, that's why I think it would it would need to be Song plus Mora yeah to yeah. be to be equal to what Salah is, or yeah. Sarah what Kane is if you know what I mean yeah I have yeah yeah, yeah. Um, this is actually now that, now that I'm using it it actually is a tough enough one to call it is because as you we rightly you rightly pointed out the Newcastle game Spurs never really looked like uh, breaking them down I think they had one shot in the first half yeah when Newcastle sat in they, it worked and they frustrated them so if Wilder plays that type of game again that's, that Sheffield United can play down to a tee they, the, they could pull off a draw but you'd, I, you'd have to just favour Spurs but the one player that Spurs really have that has the guile and creativity to break down that type of defence is Christian Eriksen yeah. and he looks completely disinterested at this point. Mm. He doesn't want to be there. You can see in, in the Premier League games he just he's just going through the motions. Yeah, Pochettino came out during the week and said that uh Eriksen's heart is still is still with Spurs and that there's nothing different. Now if if Eriksen's heart was still at Spurs and there was nothing different, Pochettino wouldn't have to come out and say that his heart is still in and there's nothing yeah, yeah. different. You his wife's heart somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> disclaimer, disclaimer. Uh, but um no um look it appears that he, his love for that club or whatever playing for that club is now yeah. eroding at a 
far quicker than glacial pace. There yeah. just seems to be there's something there's, there's something going on at Spurs that they're just they're just seem to be well the rumor is that obviously what happened happened and it was but involving I, I, another I'm just, player but the dressing room has been split in two apparently i'm just talking about what's happening on the pitch and everything that made pochettino spurs what pochettino spurs was the high tempo high pressing in your face quick moving team it's just not there this season mm. it's like they're a yard off the pace and they're too slow with the ball the passes are too slow too many touches and it's it's like they've forgotten everything they've been training for the past three or four years yeah it is it's it's they're not a patch on what they were last year to be honest no. about it they haven't had that real killer kind of creative counter-attack with speed or anything yeah. like that this year that's missing but here i mean they're, to be rattling they're, through here and we're, they're below united in the table and that's that, that says a lot doesn't that it? says a lot they're they're 11th in the table at the moment after 11 games with 13 here. points i mean that's it's a poor state of affairs at Spurs. But anyway, and come on. We considering need, we... Mr. Schofield's Sheffield United are flying at the moment. Yeah. And a... they are currently sitting in sixth place with 16 points. Yeah. You know, they are much further ahead than their rivals this weekend. I, I think um I think Sheffield United can get a result here. I really do. I think the way Spurs are, I don't think it's going to be I don't think they're going to score the three goals that they scored against Burnley. Mm. But I think they can, through guile and creativity, they can, and sitting in and frustrating Spurs, they can come away from here with a point or or even nick a goal. They might get a point, yeah. I can, and I could see him nicking a goal, but I don't know if that'll be enough. I'm just favouring Spurs a bit, like as I said, mm. Spurs are bad, but they can be good at times. But they're bad. Their their bad periods are far longer than they were. In recent years, and that is worrying. But yeah. they still have some great. They like I can't remember. Was it Everton? Was it no? It wasn't the Everton game. Spurs were playing. Oh God, it slipped my mind. But they went down to ten men very early in the game. Yeah, and they had no right to win it, and they were brilliant. And and that was one of their best performances of the season. And they have been good in periods. I think that was games. against Southampton, you from could, what I remember. You could be right. It was I, Southampton? Honestly, yeah, I can't yeah, yeah. But um, it was because we land based at Southampton for not even being able to. Raise a gallop when they were one had a one man event ah, advantage. Fair enough, yeah. but uh, I don't know. I'd still just marginally fancy fancy Spurs. I go, I'd say something like a two one. But um, I think Sheffield will will raise a gallop now. In fairness, and uh, sorry Lee, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a I'm gonna go with a draw on this one. Um, I'm gonna go with a nil all draw. Let's move on to the the the, the game. I'm second most looking forward to this weekend. I don't know what this is anyway. And it's another team. It's Burnley West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's it's another it's another team that could be second in the Premier League by mm-hmm. the end of the weekend. Leicester City versus Arsenal. Yeah, that it has. Well, that's going to be a it's going to be a great fixture. Yeah, it has the makings of a, just a lunacy game. Just yeah. uh, all all hell breaks loose. But uh, I fancy Leicester, and it's, there's no bones about it. To be honest, uh, at home to an Arsenal side that have been shipping goals left, right, and center. They're just unpredictable as we've I'm blowing the face from saying it out at this stage but they're completely unpredictable at the back they obviously have firepower up the front but you just never know what kind of Arsenal you're going to get you do know what Leicester side you're going to get this season they're quick they'll hit you on the counter hard they're defensively solid I they have tasty players like the likes of Madison and Harvey Barnes that, that can pick through the lines put in a ball from the uh, put in a ball from the from the wings that to me like this is just Leicester it's just Leicester <laughs> it's not that hard for me to yeah to, to I, I, I decide, think the fact it? that it's at the King Power Stadium will play into Leicester's hands I think 
Defensively, the partnership between Chayonsu, who is who is different class, and He's making Johnny Evans look good, indeed. Yeah, the partnership between him and Johnny Evans is solid as a rock. Evans is still prone to an error, as we've seen against mm. Liverpool. But his Chayunsu is he's just he's got pace, he's got power, he's got he's got everything and you need for to be a modern day defender. In fact, I think I think much like Harry Maguire, I think Leicester are gonna to struggle to hang on to him going forward because he's been he's been excellent so far this season. Yeah. Um and then you combine that with Tielemans in the midfield and indeed he kind of protecting the back four yeah. and then you got Perez uh, Harvey Barnes Madison yeah good creativity and then you have Vardy just banging in the yeah. goals he's on 10 Man. goals already this season he's he's on fire and he's on fire because because he's cl- he's class and because his team are doing so well um, it's a daunting prospect for Arsenal to go there because Arsenal in particular have an awful way away form ridiculously unpredictable yeah and their defense is annoying. Their defense is so frustrating. Even as someone who is the furthest thing you can expect, if the furthest thing you can imagine of an Arsenal fan, um, their defense is just so frustrating mm. to watch. And now you have with the Jaka bullshit that's going on. He's been stripped of his captaincy. I think actually, to be fair to the two lunatics at centre half, Socrates and Luis, they're probably a small bit uh, light through centre midfield as well. Guendouzi, I wouldn't be. He's been good going forward. I think Torreira needs to be played more. I think Torreira probably a does, and I'd say Sabayas needs to be nearly played in a, like a holding role again. They need more cover. Come on, like it's not that uh, it's it seems to be glaringly obvious, but they should be playing with more cover in front of those. Yeah, they, they have they have David Luiz who likes to just vacate his position and yeah. go completely missing. And, and then you have the karate kid beside him, like, you know, so he wants to fight <laughs> everything like, it, that moves. It's, it's okay to have a defender who likes to vacate his position occasionally and make forays forward. Like, a lot of the best teams in the world have had defenders who, who do that yeah, and create chances because it's it's not a... Op- opposing teams aren't set up to defend against another exactly. defender coming I, I, forward. I had one to keep reference in Liverpool, but Joel Matip is a brilliant example this season. He's picked out great exactly. passes. John, John, Terry, John Terry did it for, used to do mm. it for um, Chelsea in Chelsea's heyday. Um, Rio Ferdinand was was a master at doing it during United's heyday. Mm. But you can't do it unless you know someone's going to step into that position yeah. for you. And Arsenal don't have someone to do that. No, they don't. And yeah. it, oh, it's just, it's very annoying because like you're just hoping, well, as an Arsenal fan, obviously you're hoping, but you're looking at it as a neutral point of view and you're thinking this team are going to spark the life. They, they have all the hallmarks of maybe a really exciting team, but they're just too defensively frail. And while it's great, to, the games themselves are great to watch because there's goals aplenty. Yeah. They're scoring, averaging about two a game, averaging, conceding two a game. It's going to, that's you could nearly hang your hat and there'd been three goals. They're still the fifth game. in the Premier League, though. In fairness, they though. are to be fair. But yeah. what's their? Have you their goal? The goal difference offhand. What? What are they plus? Um, they are plus one. Plus one exactly. Yeah. After eleven games, that will yeah. tell you exactly where Arsenal are this season. Yeah. They've been lucky that the chips have fell where they are a lot of the time. They have been very lucky a lot of the time. Yeah. So I, 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 Unai Emery is confusing me at the moment because. When he was appointed Arsenal manager, I thought it was an incredible appointment by Arsenal. I thought I was very hopeful for Arsenal. I thought, because I remember Unai Emery when he was manager at Sevilla and Valencia. I used to, when I, wa- I watched a lot of La Liga at the time. And he just, he had an incredible ability to get a lot out of a poor squad. Mm. Just through pure tactics and 
football thinking. That's why you got the PSG job. Like. It's exactly why yeah. you got the PSG job. He won Europa League after Europa League with Sevilla. Mm. The, the Sevilla team that beat Liverpool in the Europa League final had no right no. to beat Liverpool. They were, they were, Liverpool were a far better side. Bar Kevin Gamero up front, they weren't really stars. Exactly. They, well, they had um, Ever Bonetta, but you yeah. know, he was kind of passing. He's, he was good, good when he wanted to be good. Mm. But um, Ever Benega, even. Yeah. Um, but Liverpool were were were, cla- were much better in the first half, and it was they scored a goal, and it looked like they were going to go on and score another seven goals. Yeah, and then Emery adjusted his side at the half time, and Liverpool never got a kick in the second half. Yeah, and that's what that's what I really hoped he'd bring to Arsenal, and that's what I was hoping he was going to bring to the Premier League and show show a bigger audience than just the La Liga audience what he was all about, and it just hasn't happened. No, there's a bit of heat. There's a bit of heat now, like, and yeah. I don't, I don't really I suppose it, it. I suppose that's where it's always going to fall, and like the fish rots from the head down, as they say, and that's where yeah. managers are the first ones to take the heat when there's, things are going. Rumor, rumors all this week that Mourinho is hovering around that position, and uh, although personally, I think Mourinho is more likely to end up in in Munich. It's quite likely, I suppose. Speculation. We leave that for the the Daily Mail and such, but. Uh, it, it, you're right, it hasn't happened for him, but I don't think it's all his fault and I, w- I wouldn't be rushing to judgment on him, I think. No. And I do think the club will take that same stance. I think they know they're onto a good in here. But they need, to, they need to back him and, and get him the players he wants. Yeah, and they need to cop on and start like, going, stop going, out going in, stupidly. Going out in a, pre, in, a, in, in a transfer window and buying David Luiz. That's the I thing, think Arsenal what, have actually brought brilliantly at times, like the likes of Aubameyang, Lacazette. Kieran Pe- Tierney. Kieran Tierney, Pepe. Yeah. But... Some of the boys as well, as you said, like David Luiz, like thinking, are you, are you out of your mind here? Like, but yeah. like even for, for so long, Alex Iwobi, they hung their hat on. I was like, come on, like you have to be yeah. seen. What um, we, know, we, we can see what he's doing at Everton, which is not much funny, Adam. Yeah, so. Like, right, let's make a prediction on this game. I yeah, can't, I, I, think, I think Leicester are absolutely flying. And I would be very surprised if Arsenal come away from here with a result. I fancy, I fancy Leicester to win. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be like as maybe bullish as you are, but I would have to say I, Leicester will. I, I, I just don't see how Leicester don't win this one. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that um, Arsenal they, they might they more than likely will create chances with oh, with the doubt. forwards they have. I, I wonder will he play Ozil after the great game that Ozil had in against Liverpool in the Carabao Cup very unlikely he doesn't seem to fancy Ozil at all um, I I think he should start reconsidering that position considering considering what Ozil can create for forwards and Arsenal have three quality forwards and it might be I don't know it's, it's, it's I think managers they just can't trust Ozil to put in the hard work but maybe he's maybe you should look at taking him off the bench when you're backs to the wall and you're you can't you're struggling to create things because midfields with the likes of Genduzi and Torreira are in it are very workmanlike and they yeah. can do with a little bit of flair in there just to pick a lock. Yeah, I think Arsenal, besides defensive frailties, obviously, I think they hang their hat on young players too much as well. Like you have Reese Nelson, Ainsley Milton, Niles. You have uh, Joe Willock. Genduzi is still very young. There's too many. They're, yeah. they're hanging their hat on too many young guys, and I don't think it's it's paying dividends. It's there, there's too many holes in the, that that they can be got at from. Yeah, and uh, it shows. And like while they have plenty of goal scoring power, they're still as we said. I know they're, they're what are they fifth or sixth? You say fifth, fifth. 
I think that's a, a false, that's a, a pretty false one when you look that they've only scored one more goal than they've conceded. Yeah, I mean, well, they are six points behind Fort. Yeah, so that's yeah. probably a, a fairer, a fairer kind of standard of, uh, of where they are. But And our new favourite team, Sheffield United, are only one point behind oh, them. Our new favourite team, yeah. <laughs> Hook the blades. <laughs> anyway, I'm yeah. going to make a prediction. My prediction is Leicester for this one, yeah. just because it's at the King Power and Leicester are absolutely flying. Same as, yeah. yeah. Let's, um, we glazed over it because um, I nearly slipped into a coma when I read it the first time. Um, let's have a look at Burnley West Ham. This is a massive game for these two teams. This is Norwich City Watford is this yeah. is a huge game. Like both teams have been in septic form the last yeah, five or six maybe five yeah. weeks. Yeah. And they are in dire need. I I, I think three. I think Manuel Pellegrini must be seriously mm. worrying about his position. I'd say so, but I think he'll win on Saturday. I think, and I think he's, that'll been, help. he's been given some serious back in there. They've brought in some really good players for him. Mm. They have a good squad and they are having a piss poor run of of, of results. <laughs> they are they are very weak at centre half. They are they are very weak at centre half and their full backs aren't hectic either. But they do it they're very top heavy and that might get you out of a jam every now and then. You'll be found out in this league if you're not solid all the way through. And they're not. So uh to me, West Ham are where it's at uh, in this game just by virtue of Burnley they're so stagnant, like what they have through the middle to me for Burnley. When you, when you, to me, when you see Jeff Hendrick there and good luck in the middle, he's not had anything of yeah. real quality for years. Robbie Brady's coming on then as well, and he's just been dire he for a while. But in fairness, he's been riddled with injury. He was tasty when he a couple of years ago, but there's not much to supply the two big lads up front. And when you have two lads like that up front, they need to be fed. They're yeah. not going to go and be able to get it themselves. Maybe you say like a more kind of mobile forward would that can drop back to 10 if the nine position isn't working out. And I just don't see where Burnley are going yeah. to raise a gallop from. I, West, as much as I love Sean Deitch, I have to say, I think he's a top manager. Yeah, I, I think he's a top manager. He seems like a top guy as well. West Ham and Burnley are currently sitting 13th and 14th in the Premier League, respectively. West Ham's form over the last five games is a loss, a draw, a loss, a loss, a draw. <laughs> so they haven't won in the last five. Burnley's form in the last five games is a loss, a loss, a loss, a win, a, a draw. Yeah. So. That that tells you everything about what to expect from this game, really. Yeah, it, there's a lot of L's there. <laughs> but there um, is, yeah. So um, It's th- tough. It, between between them, they've managed five points in, in ten games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not looking good for either of them. Um, both of them need to be looking at this fixture as, as a six-pointer. Oh, they, they have to be. Yeah. Uh, I just favour West Ham's creativity in this one, but uh, the same thing is they're so leaky at the back. I I favoured West Ham's creativity against Crystal Palace and they were so piss poor. They (laughs) really were. Watching them was was diabolical. Um, And then again at the weekend, they're just... Yeah, I think... I, I think Pellegrini's in trouble there unless he can get that squad motivated because they don't... They don't seem to be playing for each other at all. Because there's some really good players there and they're just not putting it on the pitch. Big Sam to take over for the 400 time. <laughs> but, uh, I think the Big Sam alarm bell is ringing at everything at the moment. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, I, look, to be honest about it, I don't have much more interest in talking about this game. Yeah, yeah. I, it's I, a very uninspiring. For me, I think Burnley are going to win this just because I think West, West Ham's form is so poor at the moment. I, I think eventually West Ham's squad will cop on a small bit and they have more than Burnley and I'm just going to take the chance it's today. Right. 
Okay, well then we'll agree to disagree and we'll move on to Wolves Aston Villa. Ooh, Villa will have a bone to pick. They'll be they'll probably be fuming, I'd say, after last week. Yeah. Uh, they they deserve they they deserve the result. You'd ha- I'd have to think anyway. They were they, I, don't, I, don't I know, know I know they... I know they were under pressure for most of the second half, right? But I thought their game plan was brilliant in the first half and it worked well and they got the goal. I know now VAR had a heavy hand yeah. uh, laid on this game. For me, I don't know what Atkinson was looking at in the VAR review booth because Bobby Firmino has to be, he has to be on side like yeah this but, this uh, armpit statement that the Premier League came out with it's what is like a load of bollocks is it's an absolute load yeah, of it's bollocks them, it's them do you know what you did it's like politics you never admit a fault <laughs> yeah and that's the honest truth god damn it if you admit a fault you have to do something about it so yeah they, they, they're just completely denying it but um yeah yeah my the, my grandmother is all but blind at the moment and she would have known that that wasn't yeah, outside yeah, you know what i mean it was a ridiculous call anyway we're not that's not we're not here to talk about yeah. that but we are here to talk about aston but, villa uh, and i i think and they're like quite like sheffield united they're a side that are belying the fact that they've just come up into the Premier League this yeah. season. I I I said it uh, in numerous podcasts that they weren't getting the results earlier in the season. I said that's going to turn around because they're playing tasty ball and they can. Yeah, Grealish has been the star for them this season. He's been class. Well, I would say Tyrone Mings has been well, quite yeah, the star he as well. Is, yeah, he's. But I suppose he's never going to be the one really that grabs the headlines. Of course, but, you know he's very very good. Yeah, but uh. Oh, this this is actually be a good game now. I think this could be a good game. Yeah, I think Wolves. I really like Wolves, and I I really like uh, as listeners know. I like Nuno Spirito Santo. I think he's a really good manager, and he he epitomizes calm, and he kind of transfers that onto his players. Mm. I think Raúl Jiménez is is he's a quality forward. Yeah. He's a handful for any any defense to deal yeah. with, um, and I I think at Molyneux they're 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 a tough prospect as well yeah. I you actually know. find this game really hard to call yeah I, I would as well if we have a look at both of their forms Wolves at the moment well I mean their their form isn't scintillating they've had a draw a draw a draw a win a win still they haven't lost in five yeah and then Villa you know it's not great they're in 16th in the table and they've had a loss a loss a win a win a draw yeah you know it's it's again a much of a muchness between the two sides yeah, so it's it hard is. to call it is it's, um, to me it's it's tough enough now and again you can read that form but then look at villa i think they'll be gutted to to lose to liverpool last weekend yeah. and there'll be a kick in them this is one i'll be looking at as a draw i can see this we always talk about the game that's going to be last on on match of the day and i think this is this could be it mm, this could be the game maybe it, it or burnley west ham <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that 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 has to be a very very good contender. Yeah, but uh, I got I can see it being a draw as well myself. Yeah, I, I like the look of a draw here yeah. and probably scoreless. <laughs> Last but not least, I think United, Manchester United, couldn't have hoped for a better fixture at the moment. Yeah, Brighton at home. They're, they're needed. welcoming Brighton to Old Trafford is. Probably, if if you went into Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer with a menu and said pick pick a fixture, <laughs> yeah, it would be this one. Yeah, well, Brighton aren't doing too badly now themselves lately, so it's yeah. not as if they're down in the dumps completely and utterly. Yeah, but uh, but you would you would expect them. You'd have to hope for United's sake that they yeah. would be fancying themselves in this one, or else they're in serious ish, in serious battle. Like, but uh, but if we if we see the United that um travel to Bournemouth, they're in trouble. Yeah, because Brighton are 
we we talk about them being contenders for relegation, but in the past three games, they've been absolutely flying. They have, and I know there's been joking all season about uh, United, you know, oh, they're relegation contenders, but, like, when things are going that bad, like, what, like, what else is there? Like, you know, well, if things are continuing to go... They're two places in the table behind Brighton. Yeah, and we, and we and we have both discussed Brighton as being relegation contenders. Exactly, Brighton are sitting in eight, United are in tenth. Hey, that's exactly that's exactly it. You know, so like when the, it, the things have to like we we can all joke and say, oh, I United they're doing awful this season. Yeah, geez, they're relegation contenders. But like, when does it start becoming serious? Like, what happens now if Brighton well, go United, to United have and get three points? Like, United have one win in five in yeah. the Premier League. No, two draws and and two losses in that as well. Brighton at the moment have had three wins in five. Mm. They're in much better form. Look, I think it says a lot about United right now that Jesse Lingard is still on that team. And well, that's to me. We, we both read a very interesting uh, headline today that Jesse Lingard, Lingard has a worse shots on target record this season than Ben Foster. Yeah, 100%. But that's it. That says everything you assists, need to know. Ben Foster has an assist. Worst, worst goals and assists yeah. records than than Ben Foster. Yeah. In fairness, Jesse Lingard, he doesn't generally start for United yeah, this season. He, he has, been. he's been terrible. Um, they, United, they, they, there was a lot of, they took a lot of positivities from the Liverpool game. Yeah. The draw against Liverpool. The following game, they won and everybody said, hooray, United are back. This is it. They're going to kick on from here and, and then get their season back on track. And then they went away to Bournemouth. It's those pink jerseys, lads. <laughs> yeah, I just, honestly, I, no. I think, um, I think that their their problems are are away from home, more mm. so away from. Ah, oh, they definitely yeah. They, yeah. The, the crowd in 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 all fairness now, I know we're slagging about United, and yeah. that, like, but the crowd in Old Trafford gets them over line a hell of a yeah, lot yeah. of time. It really I mean, does. Like, they won a, they, they won one away game this season but before that they hadn't won one since back in March or something of, of yeah. last season um, there's definitely something needs to be sorted out at United and and I'm not I've said it loads of times I'm not buying this thing that he needs new players and he needs to buy a new squad the players he has are perfectly fine to be far better and far higher up the Premier League than they are he's got very similar squad to Frank Lampard and Lampard could be second in the Premier League mm. on Saturday afternoon and I don't see too many more spectacular players than what Ali has at his disposal. Yeah, and, I agree with and you. And I yeah. think people need to stop cutting them slack and they need to sort it out or get rid of them and sort the team out. I th- I agree with you. And as much as you'd have to love him, he's a really lovable guy. You, I think you actually hit the nail on the head very well there when you compare them to Chelsea. Because it's, you're in a very similar position. Yeah. A very similar position. And Chelsea, you nearly have it worse because of the embargo. Yeah. And lost their best player last season in Eden Hazard. Yeah. Like, you know, so I, the, the squads are very comparable. It's quite clear to me that there's a lack of leadership on the field. Where, whatever Ollie's doing in the dressing room, yeah. it ain't really working. And they've no goals. No. Rashford, Rashford isn't firing on all cylinders. Martial isn't delivering. And you've got Ramalu Lukaku, who's in Italy at the moment, and he's scored nine goals in his last nine games. Yeah. Well, I suppose th- to me that would be ind- indicative of that the lower the slightly very slightly lower standard but even if he got five like, in his last nine for United you, you, they'd be delighted United can't score a goal against Bournemouth yeah. Bournemouth would be more or less the level of a lot of uh, Serie A sides mm, you know yeah. and, but they sold Lukaku 
Yeah. Fair enough, they let Sanchez go. Sanchez was a bust. Ah, it was sure, a bust like flush. Yeah, yeah. But like, you're sitting here saying we don't have goals and we don't have people to score goals. Well, you sold all your goals. <laughs> yeah. you, you put yourself in this position. Yeah, yeah, I I have to agree with you. And where was this? Where was the striker? Where was the striker coming in at the start of the season? Like, yeah, exactly. And and United, don't United, think they trusted him enough to give him money. United over the years have built, built. Their, their reputation as being kind of a go-getter in the transfer window and being a powerhouse of football in both footballing and business terms. And mm. there's not a chance that over the years, United would have let a striker go and not be bringing in a replacement that was better. 100%, yeah. Not a hopeful, but better. They would not have brought it, let a striker go without replacing him with better. And that's... That's the ethos and the background that, that United that United was built on throughout the Premier League years and it's just crumbled to pieces and it's it's embarrassing to watch. Yeah, it is. It's uh, United fans now, I know some air quotation staunch United fans and they're kind of said they're losing interest and yeah. that's uh, now whether you can question their loyalty or whatever, that's another day's work but it shows you that they're not <laughs> they're not exactly a joy to watch either yeah so and but it's plain to see it the dogs in the street can watch a united game and realize that this yeah. is not up to the level of where things need to be something has to change and i'd say now if they don't change we've been saying it a while though if they don't change quickly he's gone but he's still there so is it an unwillingness by the owners to spend money to make a change to be ruthless well, or is it a belief in him can't it's, be it's what i what I said about Marco Silva a few weeks ago and what I said about Oli similarly, Everton, United and all these teams are in a similar position that if they sack their manager, there is literally no one else out there to mm. hire unless they get a phone call from Arsene Wenger. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, imagine the yeah. headlines. And that's not going to happen. There'd be you know what mental mean? asylums full there are, over northern England. Just, just to back that up, there are rumours this week that... Uh, Arsenal, Arsene Wenger contacted Bayern Munich to let him let them know he was available to take the manager's job, and they said, uh, "No, thank you very much, Mister Wenger." <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your so Maybe he'll be ringing around Everton and uh, and uh, Manchester United. Actually, he wouldn't be a bad show for Everton manager. Yeah, true. How would he take it though? I'd he, say he'd he probably knows, see himself he, up as above it. Would he? he knows the Premier League inside out. Yeah, and they, Everton have some good players that Silva isn't getting to getting to work. But anyway, on that bombshell, um, I think that United are absolutely shite, but they are going to win this game against Brighton because of that Old Trafford and Brighton are not as good. So <laughs> that that is my summation of that. Um, own what's your prediction? Ah, uh, this one is so hard to call. It depends on what Man United shows up. If the crowd galvanised them and they actually put in a bit of a performance, they might just do enough to win, alright. But uh Brighton won't don't make things easy. There's if, a reason they're if, in eighth position. If I will say, if United lose this game at home to Brighton, it'll be very difficult for Ali to justify his job. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'd say there'll be more rambunctious calls for yeah, his head. It's one thing about going away to Bournemouth and losing, but losing at home to Brighton after the string of results they've had, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. Anyway, on that bombshell. We're going to have to leave you because this has been an extra long podcast. Um, thank you very much for if, if you've listened for this long. Um, do get in touch like uh, Lee this, did this week. If we say something that's absolutely ludicrous or turns out to be 
completely offensive to your team or your team proves us wrong do get in touch on twitter premier underscore podcast or on facebook the premier league preview podcast we appreciate all our listeners and we'll be back next week with match week 13